Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellen podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? This is a question that we often ask as an icebreaker. Has anyone been asked this before? What would you do if you know you couldn't fail? And we have all kinds of answers that we give, right? Oh, I would start that business I've always wanted to start. I would ask that person to marry me, enter the lottery, audition for the school play. I would have all the courage in the world if I knew I couldn't fail. It's kind of funny, isn't it, that we have to have a guarantee of success to muster up courage. But the everyday, when we're living, it's a little bit of a different story. We don't have a guarantee of success. We're living in the in-between, and that might just be when our courage counts the most. This next series is called Living Courageously, and we're going to explore how we can have a bolder trust in who God is a bravery in our everyday lives to be the people that God's calling us to be, even when it's really, really scary and we don't know if we're going to succeed. So my next question for you is, what would you do if you were guaranteed to fail? (laughs) What if failure was a guarantee? What would you do courageously if you knew you would fail and you had to try and try again? Well, following Jesus is an option. (laughs) I'm a little biased because it's what I spend my whole life devoted to in community. But I will say that it is a good option And failure, trial and error, is a guarantee because we can't get it right, and we definitely will fail. And we'll be downright bad at it sometimes, a lot of the time, maybe. But that's the kind of foolish courage that being a disciple of Jesus requires us to have. We have to be foolish enough to believe that we are capable of changing the world because we follow a God that has already changed us. There's a trend on TikTok right now called Delusion Week. And some, as Gen Z often does, they have shortened the word delusion to Delulu. (laughs) Gen Z, you know, we're going to have to develop an entire new dictionary, a new framework. I don't know what preaching to Gen Z will look like for me. I'm a little scared. Um, But this Delulu week is where you change everything about your life for a week. You have a delusional amount of courage for one week. And one girl that I follow, she does for a whole week only what the hottest and most successful version of herself would do. And every day, that's what she does. And, you know, following Jesus is basically like that. It's similar. (laughs) 
No, it's nothing like that. I cannot guarantee that you will be hot and successful by devoting your life to Christ. But we kind of need a little delusion, a little foolishness, a little audacity to step into courage, right? So what is it that can allow us to break free from the fear and shame and step into our Christ-given callings, our fullest and truest identity? I think it has a lot to do with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us courage. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God with us. And it gives us way more courage than the most Delulu TikTok influencer has. Way more. Because the thing is, it's not courage to become hot and successful. It's the courage to accomplish God's mission and vision in the world around us. Which isn't like the coolest, most exciting thing in our culture. But the Holy Spirit connects us to God's mission. And that's when we really come alive. The gifts that we have inside of us They find that spark of courage when we start to live and pursue God's mission in the world. The disciples needed this kind of delusional, foolish courage. They needed it in bulk amounts. They needed the family size of God's courage. Because Jesus was leaving them behind with a massive responsibility. Some have called it the Great Commission. You have heard this before. And if you ask me, the Great Commission sounds like an epic action movie with thousands of warriors charging towards a shared mission. You can just see this played out in a a movie on the big screen. But in reality, it wasn't much like that. It was really just this departing moment where Jesus and his band of disoriented followers were talking in what one commentator calls backwater Galilee. It wasn't a big sight to see, but this great commission is one, it's a verse that has shaped so much of Christianity and our mission of what we are to do. So I'm going to read it to you now. And give me one second to find it. Okay, so we're in the book of Matthew and it's called in my Bible, The Commissioning of the Disciples. So we're in the very last chapter, chapter 28. Verse 16, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee. How, how, how many were there? I'm going to test you, test your knowledge. How many were there originally? Yes, 12. So notice that we're, we're down one. 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Great Commission. A few things to note about this little passage. Notice that Matthew leaves room for doubt and worship. He says, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. This is an ongoing reminder that our doubt is part of our faith journey and that we can still approach Jesus on a journey, even when we doubt. It's in scripture. (laughs) And then note that Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is a verse that really shows us that Jesus is the fullest expression of who God is. Jesus has all authority. But it sounds kind of strange because as I just said, they're just hanging out in backwater Galilee and there's only 11 of them now. Their church attendance is trending downwards by the week. So how is it that all authority of heaven and earth is is given to this, this guy? This is the foolishness. This is the audacity, the holy courage that God has, that Jesus had when he decided to come and be among us. So think about it. A small group of ordinary humans, it's not too different from this group right here. It is ordinary humans that are tasked with an extraordinary assignment. So would they understand the assignment? Disciple is a word that has gotten a lot of baggage tied to it. You think about D groups and all the things that um, discipleship Maybe you all have some discipleship trauma in here. I don't know. But really what disciple is, is a student, as I said to our children. That's really what it means. It's like an intern or an apprentice or a practitioner of something. We are God's disciples. God is our teacher. We are God's students. So are we listening to the teacher Are we ready to learn new things? Are we trusting the teacher? And if God is our teacher, we have to remember that this is not, this course is not pass fail, okay? And it's also not something that we can get graded on harshly. But there are paths in discipleship that lead us to places that we cannot get to on our own. Paths of justice and righteousness, paths of beauty and wonder and love. We are disciples because we follow Jesus, not because we enjoy being straight A students or want to be the top of our class. We want to learn about courage 
We want to learn about God. And we want to experience God's presence. And so what does this all mean, this great commission? What, how does it apply to us today? This means, I hate to break it to you, but Christianity is unfortunately a group project. Oh, I hate to tell you that, because I know maybe y'all have had bad experiences with group projects. You remember like the one person that never does anything and then the, the one person that has to do it all. But our teacher has tasked us with a group project. It is our shared assignment to bring about the kingdom of heaven on earth that will bind us together. We have a shared assignment. And it's the same assignment that I shared with you from Matthew that Matthew writes about in this gospel story. It's the great assignment of God, an eternal invitation, not coercion. This passage has been used to say that we have to just go out and coerce everybody to think like us. Or we have to make cookie-cutter disciples that look exactly like us. Discipleship in, in a lot of Christian spaces is more about copying something. But remember Jesus tells them that people from all nations will become disciples. And that's actually translated best as foreigners or people that don't look like you. So what Jesus is asking them to do is not to go and convert and conquer and make the world look exactly like them. No, it's actually the opposite. Jesus is asking them to go out and build relationships with people who don't look like them and share in God's mission together empowered together in the group project. As disciples, we are also dreamers. What I mean by this is that we believe in God's dream. I recently saw the artist Abraham Alexander in concert at the Kessler. It was my first time at the Kessler. I loved every minute of it. He played a performance here at Lyde, and I was so moved by his incorporation of faith into his music. He was born in Greece and moved to the United States when he was 11. His mom was killed in a car accident by a drunk driver, and he was adopted as a teenager. And then he later lost his brother as well in a car accident. How do you remain courageous in your art? after suffering this much. It was Abraham's faith that gave him the courage. He recalled at the concert one of his favorite quotes as he thanked the audience, all these people who had gathered to support him. He said, the ones who believe in the dream are almost as important as the one who dreams the dream as the dreamer. I'm gonna say it again. The ones who believe in the dream are almost as important as the dreamer. 
Now, obviously, we believe Jesus is more important than us. Jesus is the dreamer. But us believing in the dream, it matters a heck of a lot. We are the ones who will believe in the dream and help make it a reality. We will be foolish, delusional, downright delulu enough to imagine a world that is run on love and love alone. We will challenge the skeptics and we will tenderly coax the skeptic in us to imagine that change is possible. We'll put our hands to work. We'll click our listening ears on. We will tell people how much they matter. We will build a brave church, a courageous church, because God has a dream, and we believe in it. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>